What's going on, people? Welcome to episode 10 of Something From Nothing. I'm your host, Aaron Mull, and today is special. Uh, Not only do we have a really cool guest, but today is the 10th episode. So I had to make it a cool guest for the 10th episode. Uh, No, it just happened to line up this way. I've been talking to Griffin Hammond for a while now, trying to get him on the podcast. He just got back from a trip to the Middle East. And uh, this is a good conversation. For those of you who don't know Griffin, he will explain who he is. uh, But he is someone who I have watched on YouTube and just followed his work for for years now. And so uh, we talk a little bit about his documentary, Sriracha, which is his first take at a a larger scale production. We talk about some of the stuff that followed after that and, and, you know, the success of that film and, and, and kind of what he's up to right now. So it's a good conversation. Um, if you don't know Griffin, go follow him. If, especially if you're into filmmaking, go watch uh, the stuff he's making on his, on his personal YouTube. Uh, stay up to date with this guy because he is a very good filmmaker and I am very excited to see what he, what he turns out next. So uh, here is my conversation with Griffin Hammond. All right, Griffin, welcome to uh, episode 10 of Something From Nothing. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking the time. So I like to start things off, especially with people that I don't know personally, and I like to let them kind of introduce themselves, uh, especially for those who might be listening that don't know who you are. So uh, give the give the two-minute spiel of, of who you are, and then we'll uh, we'll start getting into it. Sure. I call myself a documentary filmmaker. A lot of people know me for a film called Sriracha, which I made in 2013. But since then, I've covered the presidential election for Bloomberg News. I do a lot of a lot of different things. I do DIY filmmaking tutorials. I have a podcast of my own called Hey Indie Filmmakers. So I guess, I don't know, I'm a, a, a low-budget indie filmmaker that does a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's an awesome... Uh description there and it's actually it kind of goes back to how I initially found your videos and that was through uh, the YouTube channel Indie Mogul yeah. um, because I myself am a low budget just off the ground just you know starting uh, from just uh, flip camera you know back in the day looking up YouTube videos how can I get better come across Indie Mogul Film Riot you know there were a few at the time that were really providing really insightful um, tips on, you know, how to do this on a very uh, small budget. And your your channel is one of the channels that I uh, stumbled upon. How did that all start? And uh, what was that like for you to work on that channel? Because you worked on that for quite a while, right? Yeah, for two years, I ran Indie Mogul. And the way that came about was because my friends, Eric Beck and Justin Johnson, had started the channel several years beforehand. And they were working for a company called Next New Networks, which became part of Google. It was it was bought out by Google because uh, they were doing such exciting things on YouTube that Google was kind of like, we'd like to know how you're doing so well on YouTube <laughs> right. and teach that to other YouTubers. So they became kind of an indie mogul, became an in-house channel at YouTube. And mm-hmm. it was at that point that Justin and Eric decided to go off and do some other things. They'd been running that channel for a while. And Justin thought highly of my work, and we were good friends. So he said, why don't you apply to be the uh, the executive producer of Indie Mogul? So I did, mm-hmm. and I, I ran it for two years. And then they, YouTube, because they were using this as kind of an experimental thing, they... Right. I guess they figured they were done. <laughs> they they figured out everything they needed to learn from it. So they stopped <laughs> funding that. So my job ended in 2011, mm-hmm. or sorry, 2013. 
Okay. 2011 is when I started. But gotcha. uh, now IndieMogul, it's back. Uh, you, Justin and Eric got it back from YouTube, and they're they're putting fresh content on there again. Yeah. For for the sake of research, before before we started talking, I, I went back on there just to see, like, all right, when was the last you know uploaded. Uh, video and then I, I saw oh man it, this channel's active still so yeah. I didn't know I didn't realize <laughs> that it had picked back up um, I don't know if it was on a previous account that I was subscribed because I I haven't been seeing them in my sub box so I thought that was kind of weird maybe the whole hidden from your sub box thing is true but it must have just been a previous account that I was subscribed to that on because I wasn't yeah. seeing that they were posting but, um, but or maybe so if a that, channel goes dormant for two years YouTube does something just, different with the the subscriptions, I don't know. It could, who knows? But um, so 2013, that was around the time that you, I assume, started production on Sriracha, which is the film that you uh, were talking about at the beginning. Um, let's go into that because was that directly after uh, Indie Mogul, or was that an idea you had kind of while you were still producing for that channel, or or how did that all kind of come to be? Yeah, it was simultaneous, and it was nice that they were going out at the same time because. Indie Mogul became a way for me to just tell my filmmaking story and mm -hmm. to be making a film while making tutorials about filmmaking is the perfect thing to be doing because there was right. lots of behind the scenes stories there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was about halfway through my time with Indie Mogul that I started to feel like I should make a film. I've been going to a lot of film festivals Right. Feeling like I could be here next year with something. I'm good enough now that I mm -hmm. should be making something like this. Because I had never really made anything that would be for a theater audience or for film festivals. I'd always kind of made short internet stuff or corporate videos. Right. Stuff for other people, not really my own thing. So mm -hmm. after going to South by Southwest that year in 2013, I just came back just needing to make a film and I knew exactly what kind of film I wanted to make. I wanted a short documentary because I like mm -hmm. that form and yeah. I thought about things I love and Sriracha was very high on that list and just seemed like a good topic for film. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, some people have all these ideas and they're just, they're so worried about what they want to make a film about. And, you know, you, you said it perfectly. It's something that you love and that's kind of, especially in documentary filmmaking, that should be what, uh, what you make your documentary about because it will show in the work um, if it's something you truly care about. You know, you don't want to set set out on a project and, and make it about something that you're not interested in. You're just right. not going to have any fun. So that's really cool. And I think uh, you were saying that you were just ready to make something at this point. I think on a really small level, especially people who may not have a huge crew or they feel like they need a big crew, just starting is the hardest part. And so for you, you did you have any idea of like, okay, well, I'm going to have someone on board with me, maybe a second shooter. How did that work? Or were you just ready to take on this, this short all by yourself from the pre-production aspect all the way to the completion? I was pretty confident in myself at that point. I felt mm -hmm. like I, if I force myself to do this, it will get done in some form. I mean, it may not be the perfect film, but if I start it and I tell people that I'm starting it, and, mm -hmm. you know, I announce it to the world, I can't really turn back. So something will exist at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. And I did uh, seek help where I could. My friend Nick, who's also co-host of my podcast, he did some shooting for me. We've worked together on video before, and so I knew I could trust his framing, that he likes to frame things up the same way I do. Yeah. So I could kind of be the DP 
and set up a shot, set up the lights, show him what I wanted out of an interview. But then I could step away and do the interview and know that Nick was shooting it perfectly. Right. Yeah. So he helped me on several of the key interviews. But aside from that, I think 95% of the film was shot by me. And then I did all the major editing. I also had an assistant editor, Skylar Guymond, who helped, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot there's just so much editing work <laughs> yeah right that I, I didn't want to get burnt out where i don't have any creative energy left so i had skylar yeah, help yeah. me with just like the preliminary syncing audio and video cutting out the questions starting to cut just cutting out the fluff and starting to organize mm-hmm. it and transcribing it just getting some of that stuff out of the way so that i could actually sit down and just think about how do i actually make this pretty right yeah just having a second set of eyes, I feel like, is really helpful. Um, that's why it's good to send something off to people who are involved in the project. But in your case, someone that actually was helping you edit, that's even more beneficial. Um, but yeah, so that project, you said you announced it to the world. So you you had the idea and you you released like a tweet or what did you say, like a YouTube video saying this is going to happen or what was the the announcement like? Yeah, I think it was at the end of one of my normal Indie Mogul videos. I was making content every week uh, okay. on Indie cool. Mogul. And I think I just said, hey, guys, I'm uh, I'm going to make this film about Sriracha. I might have been wearing a Sriracha shirt. I can't remember. And uh, I... Wait, I think... Yeah, I think I remember that because that was right before the channel ended, correct? Well, this, this would have been around probably April 2013, and the channel ended or, you know retired for a little bit uh on des- in december of that uh, year okay but okay, uh, i'm thinking yeah, of something else okay I, I remember you guys had like a big google hangout with a few other people and I, was that was that your channel that had that yeah, with like yeah. uh and that was december so that was actually Dave after Dale i finished the film okay. yeah that was that okay gotcha well setting that up and like actually saying that you're going to do something really kind of uh, forces you to, like you said, complete something, whether or not it was to the you know quality or, or whatever that you had intended. But I think a lot of people should probably do that if they if they have an idea and they know that they can do it. Just you know, tweeting it out there or or making a YouTube video about it. Which in your case, you also had uh, a crowdfunding. You had a Kickstarter, correct? Yeah. I think that really helps with the just making sure you actually complete something. I know a lot of people will start something and if they never really have uh, a reason to, to hit a date or to get it out, sometimes projects you know, will take two years to make when they maybe right. could have taken six months. So that was probably really beneficial as well, just having that um, you know, publicity almost that you said you were gonna do something. Well, yeah, so. just announcing it was, was a way to to force myself to complete it and especially the kickstarter Mm -hmm. once people put money in it was like (laughs) there's no turning back now yeah but also it was a way to just kind of like lay claim to the idea like i wanted to make sure that no one else you know i guess i am kind of like sharing my secret that i'm making this film but i figured if i announce it before someone next month decides to do the same thing i could at least discourage them from doing it it. it's crazy the whole timing thing because when when i saw that you had made this i thought how has no one made this already exactly so it's it's pretty awesome and it must feel pretty cool to know that like yours is the like even if someone comes along right now and tries to make something like this has been out a few years this has obviously been seen by 
quite a few people like you're the sriracha documentary guy and i know you're not going to always be known as the sriracha documentary guy but to know that you have like the sriracha documentaries that's a pretty cool thing oh yeah and i'm actually surprised how long i've been the sriracha documentary guy i thought maybe six months to a year after the film was completed right then it would fizzle out but like it still gets into festivals and it still gets press and it's still people are buying it it's amazing Right. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking about today. Yeah. Three, year- three years after it came out. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's one of those things. And I think, um, you not only, it was something that you really wanted to make, uh, it was subject matter that you're really interested in, but it is an interesting topic. And I think a lot of people might think, oh, well, let me just make something super specific. And of course that'll be, that'll get super popular. That's not always the case. You, it, it's a good documentary. I watched the documentary maybe a lot like last year and then I saw the uh, director's cut on YouTube I think or I think mm-hmm. I saw the director's cut first and then I was like, oh well I want to watch I want to watch it. So I saw it on video yeah. um, and it was good. That's the thing. like you can't just make something super niche and hope like oh well it's gonna catch on because this is like a super like popular topic. Um, you just so happen to have a really popular topic. Um, and it was good. So it worked out. And like you said, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's still, uh, still getting views, still getting people watching it three years later. So that must feel really good. It does. Yeah. I mean, I do think that some, I I think that I could have made a worse film and it still would have gotten attention just because of the subject matter. So it does, it was a nice combination of the two things. I think people Mm -hmm. were pleasantly surprised that it was decent. Right. Yeah. Which it kind of led to uh, your your job at Bloomberg, correct? Because that was kind of uh, a temporary. The president you covered the presidential election, and uh, that was someone who actually saw Sriracha, correct? Yeah, that was interesting. I I think I'd been uh, after Indie Mogul ended. I think for about six months, I was just working as a freelancer, and mm-hmm. finding that freelancers harder than I thought. You know, I'd been doing it on the side, but when you when you're doing it full time, you realize how much time you're spending just emailing people and like setting up the logistics of a shoot and not actually getting paid for a shoot. So it wasn't working out as well as I had imagined. And then in the middle of this, I got a call from uh, the head of Bloomberg Business Week, the magazine over there. And he had seen Sriracha and liked it. But I was very Mm -hmm. confused when he first called me because I just thought he was like calling for comment about Sriracha because I was the Sriracha guy for years. Yeah, yeah. People would ask, you know, any kind of quote or something. But he wasn't asking about that. He immediately asked me if I wanted a job over the phone. He was very <laughs> to the point. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I make sure you're actually the guy you're saying you are? <laughs> yeah. So I flew out to New York a few weeks later and interviewed for what became Bloomberg Politics, this new division of the company that covered the election. Okay. And, uh, so somehow nice. it's, it's amazing how a documentary about hot sauce got me a job covering presidential politics. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, with this election, anything is possible. Yeah, anything is possible. But that that's crazy. What was that experience like? Because are you a political person? Was this interesting uh, subject matter to be covering, or or was it something that was super new to you and you found interest in, or what was that like? It I, I have always been interested in politics, so it was mm-hmm. very interesting subject matter for me to jump into. But yeah. probably the most the, the biggest contrast between everything else I've done in my career and this is just how angry people get about politics. Yeah. That, you know, when you make YouTube tutorials and you're giving away free knowledge on the internet, 
people are generally really nice to you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. All my tweets and YouTube comments are super positive. They're just, yeah. you know, people like me uh, for what I'm giving back. The moment right. I start telling stories about politics, uh, I mean, I think I was able to do it in a way I, I don't want to be part of the controversy. So I could, as a documentarian, kind of just show you what it was like to be at a Trump event or a Clinton event. Wow. Or yeah. who these people are like that are following each candidate. And I was able to kind of not be part of it as the filmmaker. So generally, when I got pushback from the left and the right, I felt pretty good about a video I made. Like, no one well, feels good. like yeah. it was biased. They just, everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but it's just interesting to see, like, how much my bosses just, they get angry tweets all the time. It's like, you can't talk about politics without getting. Right. The, yeah. I mean, that's the trolls after you. And I mean, with this election, you're talking, it's going to be interesting for you in 10 years to look back and, and realize that you were you were documenting what is probably for a long time going to be one of the most interesting presidential elections, uh, because that's what it was. I mean, I oh, yeah. I personally am not super into politics, and I was watching every single debate. Yeah. And I was just waiting to see what was what was said next on both sides. And so it was just, you know, it's pretty crazy to look at, you know, the last two years and just think that you were a, a part of that in some way so that's that's pretty cool even though it ended i feel like you're probably uh you probably took a lot from that oh yeah yeah i mean everyone kept saying while we were while we were covering it the, the reporters that are covering it and the voters mm -hmm. that we were talking to were all saying this is the craziest election isn't this so weird that this is your first <laughs> maybe my last i don't know yeah <laughs> but it, right my first time doing this was was the the craziest one in history yeah, that's that's wild. And and I guess that kind of begs the question when the next election rolls around, is that something that they're going to want to bring back? And is that something that you would be interested in doing again? Or is it, are there talks of that? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I'm at the moment. I am interested in getting back into news because I'm I'm kind of addicted to it now, like covering the election, just being around that energy and being around yeah. powerful people and celebrities and, and politicians. It's just I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the travel. And so I would like to, to keep yeah. doing that. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the, the style of filmmaking that you've kind of taken uh, the approach uh, for the documentary style. Um, I think that right now, and I think for, for in, for independent filmmakers getting into documentaries first is probably a really good idea because that thing is made in the editing room. Like, especially if yeah. you don't get enough footage, it is very hard to string together a story. And so, you know, I think that probably has to do with uh, the whole news thing. It's very similar to, doc obviously, documentary filmmaking. So it helps brush up on your skills there. And, and uh, I'm sure it benefits on both ends. Um, and I, I like documentary because it can be flexible. You can adapt to major changes in the production. Like, if you're making your narrative film and I mean people are always being creative and resourceful in narrative filmmaking but like if you lose your your climactic scene and you can't shoot it then you just don't have a film exactly but yeah in documentary if if it all goes crazy you have something and you can even talk about how it went crazy like usually you know I would go into a shoot and it may not turn out anything like what I expected but I can yeah. probably build it into something and maybe I have to add some new parts or do a new voiceover but it's always salvageable. It seemed like. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I love that. I love that about documentary uh, filmmaking. It's, it is built 
afterwards you can only assume so much is going to happen you can only prep so much and right. and you know prepare for so much but you you just never know what you're going to what you're going to come across or what you're going to actually get um so that's awesome well that leads to my next question um i know we could we could go on and on about the details of sriracha i will first i will say and i said it at the beginning uh, go check out Griffin's podcast and check out his channel. You guys can see a lot more about Sriracha and get a lot more information about that. Um, so we're going to jump from that. I know we could keep talking about that, but you, you're, a, you're a Panasonic guy. Yeah. You're, you're shooting on the GH5 now. I am. Um, you made this this ice sculpting documentary and you, you showed it at, where did you show that at? Was that not it's, NAB? Where were you at? Oh, I was at uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics oh, Show. Cool. So, are you are you planning your next big documentary? Or are you waiting for that idea to spark? Because I know that was just a short, um, a little five what two to five minute thing. Yeah, it was a five minute uh, short yeah. film. So, what's your what's your next thing? Is there any or is there a next thing that you can talk about? I feel like I I almost never have an answer to that question. Yeah, <laughs> because I realize it's it's funny to think about sriracha, realizing that I decided to make it and then probably two days later announced it so my my turnaround time from inspiration to production can be pretty short (laughs) and it was pretty short for the panasonic documentary they i knew i had to make something for them with this camera i also knew they were going to give me the camera and suddenly need a product like they gave me the camera and then i had a week to oh wow to shoot and edit something yeah so i had to think of something that could that could fit in that time frame and I think maybe two or three weeks, maybe four weeks before I started shooting is when I decided exactly what I was going to do. Right. And it was it was inspiration that struck me while I was in a bar with my wife, and I saw this giant block of ice behind the bar, and I just wondered, where do they get this giant, perfectly clear block of ice? There must yeah. be a story there. Wow. So a lot of my yeah. films, I think, just start from my personal curiosity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that probably goes with a lot of things i think people probably overthink uh their next big idea and i i think the one that just sparks out of nowhere is probably one you should run with so uh, i had to ask the question just because i was curious but i'm sure uh you know a lot of people are are excited about whatever you uh take on next as far as on a larger scale um of course we'd love to see more of the short form stuff like the ice sculpting um but yeah, that's that's exciting. I can't wait to uh, to see uh, whenever that tweet goes out about right. your next project, because then I'll just be uh, be waiting to hear more about it. So yeah, when I create um, the new Facebook page and the new Twitter account for the next yep, thing. yep, yep. Which um, yeah, that because you had a Facebook page. Yeah, I remember. It's it's been so long because, like I said, I was following you on Indie Mogul, and I want to say I remember you announcing it somewhere whether it was the Facebook page or on that channel. So are you going to do a big announcement again? Or are you? Because I know a lot of people like to work on stuff in secret and then just maybe and just pretty much drop it or, or wait till the right time. Are you going to do a big reveal, uh, you know, reveal and maybe do a Kickstarter again? Or what do you think that process will be like? I definitely should. But I, sh- yeah. I think about what the goals of each project are. Like, you know, for a five-minute documentary about ice especially something like this where i'm making it for panasonic and in collaboration with panasonic that was something i couldn't i don't think i could talk about and i couldn't show anyone the thing until panasonic was ready to announce the 
you know the ship date of the camera and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that one was i had to keep a little bit in secret but also you know i think about i would like to make more really polished five minute documentaries those could be really good for festivals because they're easy to program they're really short yeah. But I also wonder, are those the kind of things that people would be willing to pay for? Maybe that's something I don't need to do mm. a Kickstarter project yeah. for. So I'm always thinking about, wh- how is this thing going to land in the end? Do I need a big publicity splash? And right. Do I need to build that audience in advance? Or is this something that doesn't need all of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, and from from a career standpoint, you look at the success that Sriracha has had and you wonder, well, man, if if I had a few of these out there right now that were just passively, you know, helping me out uh, on an income from an income standpoint, then you could, you know, work on whatever you want to work on. So you kind of wonder which ones do you want to tackle to potentially have a VOD or a paid release? Um, Because you got to make money doing it too. You know, some people get so upset about having to pay $3 or something, but it's like, Hey, look, like we, like, we spent thousands of dollars on this thing of our own money. Like and people get so upset about uh, not a free video on YouTube, but um, well, yeah, your point yeah. is exactly right that I expected Sriracha to, you know, I knew I had an audience and was getting good publicity. So I expected it to do very well in its first month or two, but I kind of yeah. expected that chart would just spike real fast and then drop almost all the way to zero. Mm-hmm. And I've been amazed that people do still, buy it today and it's lasted three years and in fact its second year of revenue did better than the first year of revenue wow so it has made me realize that if i did start churning out a bunch of things like this i don't know if i have the bandwidth to do that not everything would be a hit but if you did have enough films in your back catalog all earning money maybe diversify it with some tutorial content i have a documentary filmmaking class that makes a few dollars here and there. But if you had mm-hmm. enough stuff, eventually you could just stop working. I mean, I don't know if I ever would stop working. But right. Eventually the yeah, stuff would pay your bills. Right. Pay your bills and, and fund your fund your next project. You know, it's, it's a really interesting, it's an interesting place we're in right now with the ability to get a Vimeo Pro account and, and put something out that people can buy. And so... It's going to be a really interesting uh, next 10 to 15 years because people are talking about how, oh, TV's dead, whatever. Like, I'm just thinking about it's the way people are consuming this. It's not necessarily TV's dead. Like, TV shows are probably the best they've been in the last 10 years as far as like these Netflix original series that are oh, yeah. coming out and, and all. It's just the way we're consuming it. So, I think it's awesome. I think it's great for, for people like us to be able to, to put something up that we think might be worth two ninety nine, you know, or whatever. Um, so that's awesome. Um, but one thing I did learn from yeah. Sriracha is I think maybe it was successful because I didn't expect to make any money, and that's not why I was mm-hmm. making it. I guess I thought this thing's going to cost me some money. It turned out it cost $12,000 to make. It was all travel okay. expenses. But right. it, that was money I was willing to invest in myself because mm-hmm. I thought that this will be a good film. It will show off what I can do. It'll be a perfect reel. And who knows what opportunities it'll lead to, but it will probably lead to something. And yeah. those are the real things, the real returns on investment that came, like that Bloomberg job. I mean, it got me a job right. in New York City. That's a better return than the money it's earned. 
Right. Yeah. And we don't have to go into detail on it, on it, but you just got back from the Middle East doing some screenings and some, some workshops, correct? Yeah. And that was all sparked from, from Sriracha as well. Yeah. Another thing I was selected to be part of this program that, uh, University of Southern California does called the American Film Showcase, but they picked me because of Sriracha and because of the tutorial content I do online. So it's like Mm -hmm. all of these things I put out in the world, you never know which one is going to come back and lead to something. And I've just decided... I'm too naive to even know what opportunities are available to me. So the best thing I can do is make lots of content. Hopefully lots of people see it yeah. and it'll lead to things that I could never have imagined exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best mindset to have. Um, so yeah, if you, if anyone's listening to this, just go out and make something that you really want to make. Don't, don't think about, Oh, I want to make a lot of money off of this thing because the best things will come from, from passion projects that you, uh, you had no idea would be as successful as they end up being. So, um, Griffin, is there anything else you want to hit on? We've hit the 30-minute mark. I try to keep them around this this length. Of course, we're going to have everything linked down below where people can find you, but uh, is there uh, anything else? No, I think we covered all the good stuff. I think we covered all the good stuff. Guys, go check out Griffin Hammond. Uh, go check out his YouTube page. Follow him on Twitter. Stay up to date with what he's up to. Check out Sriracha, the documentary. What are what are all the platforms it's on? Vimeo On Demand, pretty much everything else. Any other rentals? It's on it's iTunes. On YouTube, right? It's on, yeah, it's on YouTube now, paid. Also the free one, mm-hmm. Director's Commentary is on YouTube. And it's also free okay. on Amazon Prime if you have that. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you guys have Amazon Prime, go check it out. Um, so yeah, like I said, everything will be linked in the description. Griffin, thanks for being on episode 10 of Something From Nothing. I'm honored. Uh, Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys. Uh, have a good one, and we'll see you next time.